Good morning. Welcome in Jaguars Drive Time. It is April, April 13th. Hateful yeah. April? I Hateful like that. April. That fits you. No, it doesn't. It's my birthday month. April 13th, two weeks away from the draft. A little busy, kind of the calm before the storm, but we're looking forward to it, John. And Go ahead. I'll tee him up. He likes to make fun when I wear camouflage because he can't see me, so just tee it up. Go ahead. Make fun of me. We'll get past this. I just, I'm not sure why I'm sitting here alone on the desk, Brian. I can't see Schlint. Uh. <laughs> I'm wearing the bright blue so that you can't miss me. Not quite hunter orange, which is what we wear when we uh, hunt pheasant back in the Midwest where I'm from, but I thought the blue might catch your attention. It does. I can't quite see Sexton out there pheasant hunting. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that's, uh, that's no, that's vision. an image. Right, right True there. story. True story. I grew up as a dog. I was the hunting dog. I had an orange jacket on, and before I was old enough to be out there with a gun in my hand, my dad had my twin brother and I out there trying to raise the birds up. Wow. That's going to be a storyline. Brian Sexton grew up as dog. Brian Sexton, dog. (laughs) Equals dog. There's plenty of people that would say, yeah, no kidding. We've we've known that for years. All right, now with that, let's get into big things. We're a little off tangent here this morning. Big thing one is what's the compromise? Coaches and owners, especially someone like Urban Meyer, wants off-season programs in person. OTAs on the field, players in the facility, team meetings in person, but not so fast. The NFLPA, led by this man, Brown Center, J.C. Treader, said, it is voluntary, and we won't be showing up. And is urging the NFLPA and players to push for a fully virtual off-season program. So, what's the compromise? Kind of have to meet in the middle here, so we will talk about that. Big thing too is hybrid scheme. This is for you, John Ozier. Joe Collin, defensive coordinator, met with Jaguars.com and John and said, "Not a three-four." Not a 4-3. It is a hybrid defense with a lot of looks, not just one. So, and I've been getting some questions on that, John. So we'll talk about that. (laughs) And Big Think 3 is a franchise-defining night. Two weeks away from the NFL draft in the first round on Thursday. We're going to have a draft party here in the stadium. We're going to have coverage, all kinds of it, on Jaguars.com. And we're looking forward to... I don't know if I'm dramatic when I say this, Brian, but I'm going to say it anyway. The most important night in franchise history. Well, I mean, it's certainly up there with the biggest nights, uh, including November 30th, 1993, when the franchise was awarded. Uh, Let let me put it this way. The franchise will become unrecognizable to those of whom uh, it has become uh, difficult over the last uh, 10, 12 years to watch. Um, This... This is the moment where it all changes. This is the, the, um, the uh, what's the right word? The confluence, right? This is where the, the future and the present meet and create a new path forward. This kid is special, and we've never had a quarterback like this in Jacksonville, never had a star performer to this level like we, uh, we're about to have in Jacksonville. And um, so, yeah, I mean, 
it's right there with the two or three biggest nights in franchise history. To say that it's franchise defining might be a little bit of an understatement. I mean, this is, it's huge. It is going to be a big, big night and we're looking forward to it. Well, it's the biggest night and you know, he's uh, <laughs> boy, we hope he's good. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And, and I'm assuming he will be, but you know, it, it's, it's the biggest night in franchise history as long as he's as good as mm-hmm. everybody believes he is. So, Very true. Uh, it's going to be fun to watch, no doubt. It will. Let's go back up to big thing one, which is the the tift, I guess you can call it, with the NFLPA and what the coaches and owners want. So let's go to Tom Pelissero, who's talking about the NFLPA and its president, who is Brown Center, J.C. Treader, who is urging players to boycott if teams conduct in-person OTAs this spring. Now, some of this is because of COVID and concerns with that, but Brian, I don't know if I should be nervous about this, but this is going to have to, you're going to have to find some middle ground here. You can't go fully in person. Maybe you can't go fully virtual. Maybe a little bit of both here. Well, I mean, compromise is the name of the game between the owners and the players. It always has been. But since Jimmy Johnson changed the landscape of the off season for pro football players, gosh, 30 years ago, back when he took the, uh, the Dallas Cowboys job, the players have been trying to claw back some of the off season. You can ask Jeff Lagerman what he used to do in the off season. There was maybe a mini camp, but working out meant you know getting yourself in shape, keeping yourself in shape, and then showing up for a longer training camp before the preseason began, and using that time to get an actual football shape. And then Jimmy Johnson came in and created the off-season program and the OTA. And then, of course, because Jimmy did it, other coaches around the league copied it. And then it became a thorn during the negotiations. A bargaining chip is probably the better way to put it. And it grew to the point where in 2011, they had to change the dynamic completely and say, here's how many days you can be in. Here's when coaches and players can talk football. You know, we all scratched our heads and said, this doesn't make any sense. What do you mean they can't talk football in February? But it was all designed to claw back some of the players' time, and and it went back to Jimmy Johnson. So what Treader is essentially doing is swinging the pendulum all the way to the other side and saying, look, we shouldn't have any off-season, in-person workouts. We, We didn't... We didn't do it last year and it worked just fine. Let's make that the standard. And somewhere there's a compromise waiting to be had. Did it work fine though? I mean, and I get it. I feel like the That's old what man saying. here, which I am, because for years I've said that the off season's overrated. And I do believe it is for older players. But for younger players and, and for teams coming together, I don't think it's overrated. So I guess I would come down on this side of it. When Jeff played, we refer to Jeff Logman, early 90s, 90s, the training camps were longer. You could do more in the training camps. You had two a days mm-hmm. in the training camp. There was more practice time. So, you know, to not have an off season then when you were able to do so much work during training camp and when the season there were no rules on hitting, I get that players needed more of a break at that point. Now, though, for these young guys, you know, I guess if – if I'm a rookie or a first-year player, I would say be careful what you wish for. Wish for no OTAs, but remember that that may, that may not be the best thing for all young players to happen. So I, I don't think it's in the best interest of young players and young teams mm-hmm. to not have OTAs. And, it, you know, 
I guess the young folks out there like Shalyn are looking at me saying, you know, okay, get off my lawn again. But I, I think there's a lot of truth to that. No, I'm with you. You know, I- John. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Brian. Most people in this world are overachievers, right? I mean, they get out of life what they put into it. They scratch and claw and build a business or a career. They work long nights and weekends. Um, and, and that to me in 2011, when the CBA changed and really restricted things, that was the part that stood out to me. The undrafted rookie, the guy in pro football who has to be the overachiever, was immediately put at a disadvantage. And I think that plays into it. Not having an offseason really protects older players because they know the system, they know how to get their bodies ready, they don't have to go in there and make their name every single day like a Keelan Cole did. So I, I'm with you. I don't think it makes sense. There's a negotiation to be had here somewhere between the players and the owners, and maybe they go back to more hitting during training camp if they're going to have to give up time virtually, or pardon me, in person in favor of virtual time in the offseason. I don't know where it goes, but what I do know is that Treader is swinging the pendulum way back to the other side to try to change this dynamic. Yeah, at first I thought maybe the happy medium would be okay. Well, then a rookie minicamp is really, really important. You got to put a bunch of emphasis on that. But then I think about Trevor Lawrence coming in here and that timing with the receivers. And what if LaVisca Chenault isn't at rookie minicamp? And is that hindering their relationship? And not just timing with receivers, but yeah. getting to know these guys. Yeah, just being in the building. Which you can't really do during a Zoom call. I could easily see a scenario where they said, you know, if, if, it's, a, if it's a second year head coach and you don't, you know, requires such a tough word because it's already voluntary. I'm not sure how much more it can be than voluntary because unless you just say you cannot have these at all, then players are going to rightfully feel like they should be there because it's an opportunity. So it's, we're not going to figure out the answer. I just don't think it's good for young players. I agree with that. And let's move on to big thing too. And one thing that is good at least for John Osher and Jaguars.com, as we got some type of clarification of what this defense is going to look like. Defensive coordinator Joe Collins said it is going to look much more like a hybrid scheme. It's not a set 3-4. It's not a 4-3. There's going to be some in-between. And, John, that was probably just music to your ears when you heard that. Everybody wants to take all this and fit it into a, a, <laughs> Glue stick. a hole. And they want to put it 3-4, and they want to put little things on a depth chart and have it be through it. one, two, three, and you're going to start. Organized, yay. It doesn't work that way because the NFL has changed so much um, from the days when you did roll out there and you had a 3-4 defense with three linemen, four linebacker, four DBs. And you, and you occasionally might put in a nickel or a dime package. Now there are so many different situations. You change things based on who you're playing. It's a hybrid defense. It's not fair to call it a, a pure 3-4 or a pure 4-3. The reality is it's going to change based on who they're playing and on the strengths of the personnel. And for it, it's not necessarily going to print it going to fit your printout, Schlin. I know you're a big factor in all this. You want answers. Oh my gosh. But it's going to be a hybrid defense. Brian. I would tell you that it will be interesting to see the types of players that they draft on the defensive side of the ball. You remember this, John. Back when when not every defense was hybrid. Because let's be honest, every defensive coordinator in the league is going to say something similar to what Joe Cullen said. You know, they'll have a base here, but they'll give different looks. You know, you get so many people at the line of scrimmage nowadays, it looks like an eight-man front half the time. 
So I'll be interested to see the guys that they draft. If you remember back in the day when the Steelers and the Ravens were the teams that, and the Bills, primarily, they had that big hulking nose tackle. Um, they didn't have these big, long, athletic uh, defensive ends. They had guys like Kimo von Olhoffen, you know, if you remember him from the Steelers and Bengals days. You know, six foot four, uh, wasn't a, a speed rusher, was more of a defensive tackle playing in a five technique. And his whole job was to try to jam up the corners so that the ends could get outside. I, I'm just going to pay attention on draft day to the types of players, the way the linebackers look. Um, you know, not every team in the league saw LeVon Kirkland out of Clemson all those years ago as a Pro Bowl linebacker inside in a 3-4 defense. A lot of them thought he was going to be a guy who put his hand on the ground eventually because he was so big. So we'll see what he does with, with the type of personnel. But I, I, the takeaway for me is every defense in the league is some form of a hybrid. Yes, it's the trendy thing to be nowadays is a hybrid defense. Well, it, it's the thing you have to be because of the way the game has changed. Yeah, and for sure. If you watch the Ravens, it's really hard. If you watch four or five Ravens plays, which is where Joe Cullen came from, it's hard to know what they're in before the snap mm-hmm. because they're moving around so much. So uh, once the season starts, I don't think this question will matter that much. Totally agree. And now we move to something very, very crucial. We must talk toasters. Let's go to Trevor Lawrence's. What do you what do you call this married folk? What do you call this thing? Registry? Is that what it is? Like you don't know. You, you've been planning your registry since you were five. <laughs> I already have the oh, toaster man. on mine. Yeah. Are you kidding? I'm sure you do, Schlin. Those well three said, John. Yeah, she knows exactly. Are on mine. She knows what she wants. That's a three hundred dollar cutting board. Yeah, gotta have I, that uh, in your house. I've got a, I've got a kitchen counter, and I've. I've got a toaster that uh, I think I may have picked up at a garage sale. I may have come out of my garage. That's not true. Sherry wouldn't allow that. But (laughs) given my druthers, I would have a counter and a garage sale toaster. All right. Fair enough. For those that don't know, Jaguars Twitter banded together, I guess you could call it, this weekend and purchased Trevor Lawrence his toaster as a welcome gift. And I I believe it is up to $7,000 that Jaguars Twitter has raised that they will give to him to donate to the charity of his choice along with the gifted toaster and kidding aside i don't think anybody who watches this show or anybody who's in jacksonville who's aware of jaguars twitter is remotely surprised at this story mm-hmm. you know the guys who are involved with this Dylan cap and those guys you know it's not surprising that they organize this and anybody locally and anybody who's on twitter who's ever gone to war with jaguars twitter kind of gets this <laughs> i think what's cool is trevor lawrence hasn't been in this world yet he probably has some sort of awareness. He's probably seen Duval. But think about it. Before you got here, Schlin, you, know, you really didn't know what Jaguars Twitter was. You know, it takes a couple of weeks to figure out just how nuts these guys are mm-hmm. in, in a great way. Well, I guarantee you Trevor's aware of it now. Yeah. So I think he has – it's cool because he's being introduced. And I think this has to you know, warm his heart to some degree. And think, mm-hmm. boy, this is pretty cool. So credit to you guys again. Yes, very cool story. Very funny. Well done, Jaguars Twitter. And we would like to have a toaster as well. A Jaguars.com toaster. I have a registry, Shalane. Let's start the movement, shall we? It's, it's a contribute to John Osier movement. Oh, jeez. Okay, never mind. Now oh, it won't work. Thanks that a lot. Doesn't, oh, it'll work. That doesn't, that doesn't surprise anybody that you would say that. The, the one thing I'll say is that it's, um, we saw it in Buffalo this year when the um, – the, the uh, Bills Mafia connected with Josh Allen in a very strong and distinct way. Mm-hmm. And it's, 
it's cool to see the fans be able to connect with such a star performer like a Josh Allen or a Trevor Lawrence uh, on a very personal level. I'm not sure that that's ever that's ever been the case. You know, these guys, these great players, have always been sort of um, what's the right term? They've been set apart. They've been tough to get to. Um, I'll be interested to see how Trevor Lawrence responds. Yes, he's a star, and he isn't even here yet. Toaster stories. Gotta love it. When we come back, we'll get back to draft talk. Mock drafts coming at you live. Five picks from each of us coming up on Jaguars Twitter. Drive time. Twitter. Jags Drive Time is presented in part by TIAA Bank. Created to serve, built to perform. By Publix, where shopping is a pleasure. And Baptist Health, changing healthcare for good. The reload has begun, and the time for talk is over. When you grab a seat in this beautiful stadium, you're going to see a team play really fast. I want a team that plays fearless. Visit Jaguars.com to renew your season tickets and join head coach Urban Meyer for a new era of Jaguars football. Already a season ticket member? Renew your tickets by April 9th and guarantee your seat selection. We'll see you at the bank. Hi, this is Dr. Patrick Basil of Basil Plastic Surgery and Wellness. I'm a proud veteran of the U.S. Navy, and during my active duty time, I had the amazing privilege to serve our country and those who were wounded in combat. Helping my patients return to a normal life, I was able to provide an unparalleled level of care, which I've carried over to my own private practice today. As the official plastic surgeon of the Jaguars, I would like to wish the Jags best of luck and invite you to visit us at patrickbasilmd.com. Forever Vets Animal Hospital has always been about helping animals with same-day appointments, walk-ins, and extended hours. Keeping your pets healthy is important to their experienced and dedicated staff. From preventive care, surgical, diagnostic, and emergency procedures, they offer quality pet care at a reasonable cost. Your pets deserve the best, and that's Forever Vets. Visit ForeverVets.com to learn more and book your first free office exam today. They can't wait to have you as a part of the Forever Vets family. Welcome to a new era of Jaguars football. The reload has begun, beginning with new head coach Urban Meyer. Don't miss out on the best seats before they're gone. Lock in your tickets now for the 2021 season at Jaguars.com. We're back, Jaguars drive time Tuesday morning, and we are two weeks away from the NFL draft. So naturally, we will pretend to be general managers and scouts and be in the draft room, and we're going to give them these mock drafts and say, you should follow this. The first five picks, rounds one through three. Brian Sexton, what do you got for us? All right, well, so the Jaguars and their free agency strategy allowed them to go any way they wanted, take the best player at every position. Uh, So, obviously, the first one is set in stone. I went with Zayvon Collins, the linebacker from Tulsa. He looks like the perfect player for a hybrid defense. He's 6'5", he's 260 pounds, and yet he's a guy that they think can play inside or outside and maybe even might be a better pass rusher at the pro level than he was in college. I just look at this guy, and there aren't many linebackers like this that fit this mold with the size and the length and the speed 
and the aggressiveness that he brings to the table. I know he played at Tulsa. It's not a huge school, but the word on this guy is he fits in the mid-20s somewhere, and I think he might be the best player. Now, I say that because I have the top corners coming off the board. I think Farley from Virginia Tech is gone by this point, and so I'm looking and saying who's the best player on. I think he's uh, he's right there at Zayvon Collins. Then the first pick in the second round really is a premium pick because it's the first pick of the second day of the draft. And there's going to be a lot of general managers looking at their boards as the night goes on and thinking, who do I want and what will I pay? John has mentioned a couple of different times that Trent Baalke is a guy whose history suggests he moves all over the place during the draft. There will be a lot of phone calls to the Jaguars between the end of the first round and the start of the second about what they want for the 33rd pick. But I have them staying and taking a guy that is the best defensive tackle on the board. He's the best defensive player probably on the board at this point. Big, strong, strapping guy whose best football is in front of him. And a lot like Chris Jones who came out of Mississippi State. A guy who the questions about him were, you know, he doesn't play hard every down. He doesn't have big game after big game. But yet Chris Jones has become an all-pro player. And when you look at Christian Barmore and the way that he played in the college football playoffs, he looks like a guy who can do the exact same thing. Then coming up, I've got Pat Fryermuth, the tight end from Penn State. Remember, his college coach, offensive coordinator, is the tight ends coach in Jacksonville. And he fits there somewhere between 35 and 45. Again, maybe they have to move around to find him. But this is a guy, he's not Pitts, but he's the next best tight end on the board. And we'll end it up with a, a wide receiver who's climbing, Diami Brown from UNC. Um, really highly recruited guy, stayed in state to go to North Carolina. He is a Stephon Diggs kind of player. I don't know if he has the explosive speed that Diggs has, uh, but he's a terrific route runner from everything that I hear. Uh, six foot, about 190 pounds, so good size, not crazy size. But he's been a touchdown maker, a big playmaker at North Carolina throughout the years. And again, it looks like he fits somewhere there in the third round. Very well done, sir. That would be a huge win if Christian Barmore made it to the second day and the Jaguars able to get him out of the first round. That would be for sure a win. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I talked to Tony Pauline, who is a very respected draft analyst yesterday. He believes that Barmore will slide. He mm -hmm. also believes that Kadarius Tony will slide. He believes that uh, Travis Etienne will slide. So a lot of the guys that, the, that Jaguars fans have been talking about sounds like they will have opportunities, meaning the Jaguars, to look at them at 25, 33, 45, some combination of that. Mm -hmm. That's sort of part of my draft. Hit so it. So I won't bury that. But uh, drum roll, please. Um, <laughs> obviously, Trevor Lawrence, number one. What? Uh, and then... I went with the approach of you draft offense and buy defense. Right. So I only went with one defensive player in all this. The first one, Trevin Merrig from Texas Christian. He uh, he fits what is a perceived need at safety. He is the best safety in the draft. If this is the way they're going for more of an immediate need slash value pick, to me, he makes sense there. Um, I then went with two guys who I believe somewhere in the top six, we're only doing five, but somewhere in their top six players, the Jaguars draft, that they will do something along the lines of having two of those spots add speed. Mm -hmm. Urban Meyer talked about playing fast. He talked about speed. You know they want to be more explosive than they have been. 
They really didn't do that that much in free agency. Uh, Philip Dorsett, yes, is a speed guy, but if they really want to add young speed, Etienne at 33, Rondell Moore at 45, I'll be honest, Moore scares me a little bit. That size is a little scary to me, mm-hmm. but the speed is unbelievable, so he makes sense. At some point, I think you got to get a tight end, so it's Brevin Jordan in Miami at uh, number 65. But, uh, you know, it's where I sort of diverge a little bit from Brian. Defensive tackle this year is such a strange position in the draft that I just wonder if they will be able to address it in the top 65. It's, mm-hmm. If it's not Barmore, you wonder who it is. Maybe you wait and try to develop that with a third or fourth round guy. Yeah, I totally agree. When we were at the Senior Bowl, it was if you don't get that guy in the first round, mm-hmm. is it worth making a pick and doing that? Yeah, and you have to decide, is the best defensive tackle, just because he's a good player compared to this class, Right. is he worth that sort of value? Absolutely. All right, time for just my mock My draft. opinion real quick. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I was just going to say, there are, three, there are three defensive tackles. The kid from Alabama, the kid from Iowa, and the kid from Washington. I think all three of them belong in the top 45. I think they're all three good players. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think it's overreaching uh, if, if one of those three players is there. We'll see. All right, time for my mock draft. And like John said, Kadarius Tony sliding. I think he slides today too. And the Jaguars get him in the second round. I'm, I'm with Brian at 25, going linebacker out. I just picked a different guy, but I could foresee that happening because, like we said, if you need defense, you gotta get it quick. And I thought I, you skipped that because you didn't want to say the kid's name. I did do that. Yes, I practice all show all morning long, and I still don't want to say because I'm so nervous <laughs> that I'm gonna mess it up. And then I have safety at 45, and and I know this is risky, but I have the Penn State tight end sliding to 65, which I know sounds unrealistic, but with the run at quarterbacks, I'm thinking maybe a position like no, that. No, more and more you see him slide to that point. Yeah, that might be a possibility, and that would be a huge win if they were able to get him in the third round. So. There you have it. People don't listen to us, but we thought, you know what? Maybe someone will, and they'll take these examples and they'll run with it. Those are our mock drafts when we come back on Jaguars Drive Time. We go around the league, NFL headlines coming up. Jags Drive Time is presented in part by DreamFinders Homes, homes that fit your lifestyle. Next Grill, everyone's invited. And at Deco, visit adecousa.com. Jaguars fans, are you excited about draft day? Get in on the action. Enter the TIAA Bank Meet the Pick sweepstakes today for your chance to win a special meet and greet experience with the Jaguars draft pick. Learn more at TIAABank.com slash meet the pick. No purchase required to enter or win and will not increase your chances of winning. Open to legal residents of 50 United States and D.C. 18 years and older. Entry period from March 29, 2021 through April 29, 2021. To enter in for official rules, prize description, odds of winning, and other details, visit TIAABank.com slash meet the pick. Sponsor and administrator TIAA Bank, a division of TIAA FSP. Kessler Creative, proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, has the large format printing services running in high gear, creating large banners for marketing events, full vehicle ramps. Learn how Kessler changes the game with print and direct mail innovation. From eye-catching restaurant menus to real estate yard signs and event displays, Kessler does it all. Kessler Creative, Jacksonville, Florida. Results-driven marketing and a proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Committed to the team, committed to the mission. At Navy Mutual, we're committed to providing high quality life insurance to members of the military and their families. 
So our policies have no fine print and no military service restrictions. We don't work on commission. We're nonprofit, so we pass the savings along to our members. Because at Navy Mutual, our highest commitment is to you. Visit NavyMutual.org. Navy Mutual, ensuring those who serve. Treat your pet to their own vacation while you're away on yours. At Pet Paradise, dropping off your four-legged child is like having a sleepover. Surrounded by friends and dotting grown-ups, sleep easier knowing Pet Paradise is always there for your precious pets. Pet Paradise, official pet service provided for the Jacksonville Jaguars. We're back, Jags Drive Time. On a Tuesday morning, we went through some mock drafts. We went through some big things. Now we go around the league to what is trending, some NFL headlines for you. And no surprise, it's very quarterback-centric this week. Sam Darnold, a Carolina Panther. Teddy Bridgewater has permission now request a trade. He was with Carolina, and now all signs point towards the New York Jets drafting Zach Wilson. Brian, you and I were talking about this the other day, and we said this was almost the only way this could go. You couldn't have Sam Darnold in New York and have Zach Wilson come in. That would have just been messy. They had to get him out, and it seems like this is a pretty good trade for both sides. Well, I know Sam Darnold's happy with it, the, the uncertainty around his situation. I think he said yesterday, maybe it was the day before, that you know he, he was drafted third overall, thought he would play 20 years in New York and be the guy who lifted that franchise. And over the last two years, on a bad roster, I mean, let's just be completely clear about this, there was nothing around him whatsoever. He had no chance for success. So now at least he gets a chance to go down and work with, the, with Matt Rule and Joe Brady, who are two very strong football minds. The roster needs work in Carolina, uh, but this is a guy, you know, big body, big arm, uh, smart cat, you know, a guy who knows how to play. We'll see if he can rejuvenate his career or if, you know, he becomes like a lot of other highly drafted quarterbacks that don't pan out and just kind of fades away. Mm-hmm. A fresh start for Sam Darnold with the Carolina Panthers. Now we go to the other side of the spectrum, which is Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. John, this, this still holds me up last year with Green Bay trading up to get that quarterback they could have gotten another weapon for Aaron Rodgers a wide receiver a tight end they make it to the playoffs they don't make it all the way you make the argument would that one guy have made a difference it's it's sticky in Green Bay right now you know maybe I'm naive I can't believe that the Packers and Aaron Rodgers won't figure out a way for him to finish his career there and but as soon as I say that I get that Tom Brady didn't finish his career in New England but it just feels like they are not going to want to repeat up there of Brett Favre leaving and then having to sort of come back and re-embrace after the career. Right now, Aaron Rodgers is still too good. You know, I just can't imagine them not keeping him for his career. No, I agree. Maybe they just chalk it up as that. What if Jeopardy it? offers him a, a lifetime contract? Maybe. Maybe you could do it in the offseason and balance it, and it would be the best of both worlds. And I finally, don't know. If you're Aaron Rodgers and someone... I'm going to guess he would make as much doing Jeopardy as he would playing football. Yeah. At some point, right? Jeopardy doesn't beat your body up, just your mind. There you go. All right, Houston Texans, it's looking more and more like Deshaun Watson might not be playing football this upcoming season. This investigation is going on, and we don't know what to make of it. So let's say for this argument that Deshaun Watson is not in Houston, and that would mean Tyrod Taylor most likely is the guy. Brian does... 
Does that scare you? Are you okay with that? No. Indifferent? No, there, there, there are people who cover the, the Texans and people in the national media who've used the term expansion roster. Um, no J.J. Watt. Uh, you know, a lot of those players on the defensive side that were so formidable for so many years have gotten older. Uh, they have no draft picks before the 60th pick, I believe. Uh, nothing in the first two rounds, and, and their cap is it's convoluted. So, uh, because you have a quarterback who you don't... You, I don't think anybody anticipates Deshaun Watson playing football this year. There's just so many uh, looming issues for him to try to battle through. I, I, I don't know enough about it. I'm not on the legal team or anything like that. I don't cover the Texans. But the more I read about it, the more I think, how's this guy going to play in the fall? So I would think it would be Tyrod Taylor, or maybe they trade for uh, Teddy Bridgewater since the, um, the new coach in Houston was on the staff in Carolina last year. I, although Bridgewater has a big number, a $20 million plus number, I don't know whether they can make that happen. It, it's a mess. And two years ago, this was a team that was at the top of the division, and they have fallen off like that. It, it really is a stunning development. Yeah, you can't see this turning around. Anytime soon. That's Life for comes sure. at you fast in the NFL. Yes, and, it does. And right now, yeah, it does. Uh, what they need more than anything is in the next X number of months to figure out what Deshaun Watson's NFL future is in terms of being able to play and then the future with the Texans. It feels like they're a year out from deciding that. I don't know if they, if they can decide his future with the team until they know his future off the field. Yeah. So they're in a big delay right now. It might work out timing-wise since they don't have any draft picks this year in the top that at some point they may be looking at trying to restart with a the quarterback. They have to get the timing of that right at some mm-hmm. point. It is messy. That is well, and, sure. and the that timing would have been made much easier this year. Jaguars drive time. On the road, there's a thin line between safety and tragedy. Don't cross it. Give law enforcement, first responders, and service professionals the space to safely do their jobs. When you see flashing lights, move over a lane or slow down 20 miles per hour below the posted speed limit. See lights? Move over, Florida. Brought to you by the Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles and the Florida Highway Patrol. You won't find a better deal to keep your ride clean than Scrubble's Flexible Service Car Wash. Start in the tunnel wash and experience state-of-the-art equipment while enjoying a soapy light show. Our quality soaps and solutions keep your vehicle streak-free. Every three-minute car wash package comes with self-serve vacuuming, lint-free towels, window cleaner, and a free air freshener. Visit us at the St. John's Town Center, Fleming Island, and Atlantic Beach. And coming soon to Kernan in Atlantic. Trust the bow tie. You'll know quality once you arrive. Go Jags! At Tropical Smoothie Cafe, one taste and you're feeling good now, smiling wider now, seeing brighter now, bucket dunking now, namasteing now, popping a wheelie now, living lighter now. You're on Tropic Time now. And on Mondays, try our Jaguars Duval Delight Smoothies for $2.99. And you're roaring louder now, end zone dancing now, sipping spirit now. You're on Tropic Time now at Tropical Smoothie Cafe. And we're back. 
And we're gone. Just like that. Thank you for tuning in to Jaguars Drive Time on this Tuesday morning, two weeks before the NFL draft. So stay with us on Jaguars.com. Jaguars happy hour on Thursday. And we will see you next week right here on Jaguars.com.